Hello, everyone. This is Sarah, and I want to welcome you to the Podcast Brunch Club interview with Sam Evans-Brown, the host of the Outside In podcast from New Hampshire Public Media. First of all, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. And I just hoping you can give the listeners a little bit of a description of what the show is about for anyone who hasn't heard it before. Yeah, so so the the tagline we chose for Outside In as a way to try to entice people into listening is that it's a show about the natural world and how we use it. And the reason that we added on the and how we use it part is that we like to do stories about folks who aren't just necessarily environmentalists, but might just be sort of interested in the outdoors generally. And so it's sort of defining the mandate really broadly lets us do whatever the heck story we feel like we want to do. I sometimes think of us as kind of like anthropologists for the environmental movement and sort of picking at ideas about what is nature, what is natural, what is unnatural, and sort of teasing apart those ideas as sort of our entry into interesting stories. Yeah, I really like that there's definitely a science aspect to it, but there's also a kind of the people side of it, similar in a lot of ways for me to human nature, which I'm sure you listen to, but yeah, we're, we're friends with those folks. Actually, we, we started around the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. How did the show originate? Were, were you a part of the birth of the show? Yeah. So, so it started, um, I think you could trace the origins of us deciding to do an environmental show back probably about five years at this point. But it was just like, you know, sort of informal group here at the station got together and and we were sort of like, what are our strengths? What what could we do that other folks in the public media sphere haven't really done well? And so a show about the environment and the outdoors was, was kind of an obvious choice for a station in New Hampshire, just because that's what we have a lot of and what a lot of folks here are interested in. Um, and also just in, if you looked at the offerings, they're, they're, at the time that we started, started, there was very, very little in the podcast sphere that was about these issues. And what was being done was was a little bit joyless, <laughs> like a little bit soulless. <laughs> and we were sort of like, we can bring some humor to this because these are fascinating topics. And the, the joke we used to make was that outside in should feel like going for a walk in the woods with just someone who's really, really interested and curious about what's around them, as opposed to like going for a walk in the woods with some very strict school teacher. <laughs> oh, it makes it like accessible. Yeah. Well, and and I think it like environmentalists have had this this history of taking themselves very seriously because you know, it's serious there are serious topics that they're dealing with. And so uh it has made environmental coverage a little grim, a little dour and um and we think that that's part of what has turned people off from these types of stories. Right. Since we've defined our subject so broadly, you can tell you can tell stories about really anything. I mean, we've had we've had a fair amount of just sports stories that that are about people doing outdoor recreation in some crazy way. And we've we do a lot of stories about science. You you sort of keyed into that a little bit. I personally find science really really fascinating to dig into, especially especially debates between scientists, you know, get two people together who know a ton about their subject and and hear how they disagree is just absolutely one of my favorite things. And so so the, the subject matter itself is so infinitely varied that I just can't imagine ever getting bored of covering the beat. 
Do you remember how you found out about the story from the episode we've chosen for the playlist, which for the listeners who haven't checked it out yet, was an American lobster in Stockholm? Yes. Yeah. So so it, it's actually one that I had been following for a couple of years because mm. we're right next door to Maine. And so I have just sort of a tendency to check all the local papers at least a couple times a week. And so I had been seeing this sort of drip, drip, drip of, of stories out of Maine about how lobstermen there were were concerned about this proposal coming from the European Union. And it took it took a number of years to really work its way through the system. And so then it was just a question of when do, are we going to do our story? Um, because we could have jumped in at any number of points in the process and, and sort of given you an update of like, here's what's happening right now. But we decided to kind of wait until the European Union had already made its vote and the critics to that vote were able to respond a little bit. So we, we sort of let things sit for a while before jumping on it. And that's actually one of the things I like about the show is that because, you know, I, I used to be a reporter. I, I came from the newsroom in New Hampshire Public Radio and and then transitioned into the podcast, which I don't really consider to be news. And one of the nice things about not being news is that you don't have to do a story as soon as something new happens. Like, like we can wait mm. and sit and let the story mature to the point where it's going to be most interesting to tell. And that's really what we did with this one. That's a really interesting way to think about it. And I'm sure that's been a maybe a more fun transition for you personally to be less on the, the news cycle deadline. Oh, and absolutely. Be more on the creative, <laughs> um, creative uh, front. Yeah, I f- in that episode, I found it like so I was really like engaged by the debate about whether there was anything wrong with this with these American lobsters showing up in Sweden. Like, you have Swedish people saying, yeah, there's something horribly wrong with this. This is invasive. It's going to, you know, mess with our local species here. And that's bad. But then, you, of course, on the American side, have people saying, what are you talking about? There's no problem here. This is not an issue. It's a, This is a fabricated kind of issue. Yeah. What were your thoughts about this conflict over whether something even was considered invasive. Well, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot that I really liked about this story in terms of the way we think about sort of invasion biology. And I mean, the first one that I really, really liked is that you hear in the story that people across the, the globe have actually tried deliberately to introduce American lobsters into a number of spots and they have failed. And so it sort of shows how things have shifted in terms of our thinking about, about non-native species and the risks that they pose that, you know, as little as 50 years ago, there were still people deliberately trying to create invasions of the American lobster uh, in places like California, uh, you know, of course, because there are no American lobsters on the West Coast and, and you know, Ireland and Japan, all of which have had uh, attempts at introducing a population. So, so, you know, attitudes have shifted dramatically over the course of 50 years. But then also um, you see this real sort of like American-European divide in terms of how we perceive risk because we bring up the precautionary principle, which is this idea that really, ha- you know, for instance, has driven policies in the European Union surrounding genetically modified organisms where they decided that they were going to ban them preemptively because they weren't sure about what kind of impacts it would have to have genetically modified crops growing on their soils. 
and that's their that's their sort of their guiding philosophy is that if we don't know th- what what something is going to do then we're going to we're going to wait until we're sure before we allow it whereas the americans tend to say well listen if we don't know that there's going to be harm let's wait until we know that there's going to be some sort of harm before we preclude things and so mm-hmm. you can get two folks i mean the the scientists that we interviewed for this story are both experts in lobster and they you know they're they're both incredibly knowledgeable and uh, about you know reproductive biology of the species but they disagreed about the risk that these lobsters posed because they have you know conflicting philosophies about uncertainty and so that's that's the the kind of story that we like to really dig into is is where are the sort of dividing where are the fractures between between science and philosophy and and you know when is it that you have to make a judgment call based not on science but but on you know how you feel about a given you know risk in this instance mhm has Outside In done other stories that you would say tie to ocean conservation? Yeah, so so one of our earlier ones is about right whales, which are, they're called the right whale because during the whaling years, they uh, fishermen thought of them as the right whale to harpoon because they had so much mm. blubber that they would float after you killed them. Um, so they were a species of whale that had been really, really heavily harvested by fishermen when whaling was legal and now have, have struggled to rebound, you know, versus humpback whales, for instance, which were once the poster child of the environmental movement in the 70s and have have made a really dramatic recovery since they were protected, right whales have struggled and there are now fewer than 500 of them left in the North Atlantic. And so we did a we did a deep dive into what is it that is is preventing right whales from bouncing back and what are the solutions that folks have been talking about. So that one was one of our earlier episodes. Um Let's see. We did a we did a story with a freelancer about turtle conservation in Baja California, which was really about um, you know <laughs> the the tendency of scientists and conservationists to come in with with maybe a little bit of a colonial mindset of you know how can we force people to to do what we want them to do in order to save a certain species and how the, this one it was a story of one particular scientist who went there with an aim of trying to trying to work with the local population rather than to impose his will on them. Um, so, gosh, I could go down through the list, I guess, and try to pick some out. But those are the <laughs> two that leap to mind. That's good. Uh, I suspect some of the listeners that were interested in this list, which include me, because I really, really enjoyed this this month's playlist much more than I thought I would. Because I think because I don't didn't really know much about ocean conservation, but I do consider myself I care about the environment and I want to do what I can. So I particularly liked these episodes this month. What are you excited about on the horizon for Outside In? Oh gosh, we've got so much going on. <laughs> um, we're we're trying to so so last year we did a a, a series which I'll, I'll plug here really quick. Um, it was a series of four episodes called Powerline that came out last November that was about hydropower in Canada. It's some of what I think is our best work and has probably had the most 
the largest reach of anything we've done. And, uh, and mm. since we did that series, we've been thinking, okay, what are other, what are, if, if we like this as much as we did, and if the listeners liked it as, as much as they seem to have based on how many people listened, what are other stories that we could give this kind of treatment of, of, you know, more episodes based on a single subject. And so we've got two separate endeavors that we're, we're getting into right now. I don't know how much I should say, but I, I one of the, <laughs> <laughs> one of them is probably going to take a number of years to finish, actually. <laughs> uh, oh, fun. So, so I'll probably just wait on that one. But it's, it is another energy story that we're that is probably going to come out in like 20, 2019 or maybe even 2020, cool. depending on. But then in the spring, we're planning on doing an in-depth series on Lyme disease and the spread of mm. Lyme disease throughout throughout New England. And, and it's being done by Taylor Quimby, who's one of our producers and is just a fabulously talented radio person and I'm super excited about it. He's already started the reporting and has been traveling for it and and I'm already really really interested in the stuff he's finding. That sounds great. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to those other episodes that you mentioned too. Yeah. Um okay, so one more thing before we wrap up, we have one final question that we try to ask all of our guests. A little background at our podcast brunch club meetings that happen, which are all over the world. We almost always, we talk about the playlist and then we almost always talk about what else we're listening to and we trade recommendations. And then I end up leaving every podcast brunch club meeting here in Houston with like four or five more things that I need to listen to. (laughs) So what Sam Evans Brown would you recommend to us in any specific episode? Yeah. Well, how about, okay. So, so if there are folks who are interested in, in more local public radio podcasts, there's one by our next door neighbor station over in Vermont. Um, it's called Brave Little State. So if anyone has even a tangential interest or connection to anything going on in Vermont, it is a fantastic local podcast. And it, what it does is it answers listener questions. So, so if there are folks, uh, folks submit questions through their website, then, then people vote on which question they want the podcast to answer. And then the producers do wonderful, wonderful stories that answer the questions. Uh, one of my favorite ones recently was, uh, what happened to all of those aging hippies who moved to Vermont? Uh, and it, it's just so fantastic. Uh, it's very, very well done. And just an, a, a wonderful example of the type of innovation that's happening in, in the, like the local public radio ecosystem. But apart from that, the, the big thing that I've been listening to lately is Seen on Radio's series, the third season, which is called Men, which is all about the patriarchy. <laughs> yes. So good. Yes. Both of those shows. You have good recommendations. I like both of those shows. I <laughs> I listened to Brave Little State. I picked that one up when it first debuted, and I was I am I'm a huge fan of the local public radio um, audio offerings in whatever format they can come. Those are great recommendations. Thank Thanks. you. Well, thank you for having me, and and yeah, uh, for thank you. Sending people yeah. our way because you know I I also believe pretty strongly that stuff coming out of local stations is really great, and folks should mm-hmm. stay away from they're not to stay away, but they should venture beyond just the the national public radio offerings. Yeah, totally, totally. There's so much good stuff that comes out of local stations. Um, where can listeners find out more about Outside In before we go? We have a website, outsideinradio.org. We're on all the social medias. And in fact, we just we just are transitioning our Facebook presence over to a group. So if you Google our, our uh, if you search for us on Facebook, we have a group called Outside In Radio. And 
And uh, there's a lot of really great discussion that's happening there. So we'll post an episode and people will respond to it with their thoughts. And there are these, there's wonderful threads about, you know, additional information about whatever it is that we've been covering. Very cool. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. I'm the leader of the Minneapolis chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with a little housekeeping. Most importantly, please rate and review the Podcast Brunch Club podcast on your podcast player of choice. It's really helpful. The music you heard this month was from two artists, Body Surfer and Silicon Transmitter. Their music can be downloaded from freemusicarchive.org. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by our fearless leader, Adela. Adela's co-host on the podcast is Sarah DeSilva, the leader of the Houston chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club and founder of Audible Feast. Lastly, audio editing is done by me, Steven Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening. Happy listening.